What is going on, guys and gals? Referee Jake Clemens here, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers, where everyone knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name and Black Lives Matter. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is our second interview for Black History Month, and it is none other than AIW ref Xavier Franklin. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Did I say Pandora? Because I meant to add Pandora. But anyway, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, this is an interview with AIW ref Xavier Franklin. Zave, how's it going tonight? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. How about yourself, man? Man, it's it's going good. Uh, for those who, I mean, it was talked about last week how we're doing Black History Month. And uh, whenever I was talking to some friends uh, who are somewhat part of the show, and I said, like, hey, this is what, I'm, what I want to do. What do you guys think? And a couple of people told me, get Zave on, get him on. So you, <laughs> which I mean, I, I already had you on my list. I did someone I definitely wanted to have on. And the fact that I, there was other people like, yeah, I want to hear more from him. I, we want to, we want to know who Xavier Franklin is. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So man, uh, the great thing about you is you've never really done an interview. So I could ask you, Every simple question in the book that I avoid for, for every other interview, because I, I genuinely don't know. I don't know that much about you. A lot of us don't know that much about you. So, uh, straight off the bat, tell us a, a little bit about yourself, the more to open up about who you are. Well, I, uh, for one, I grew up, I grew up in a, um, single, um, household with my mother and my little sister. And, uh, you know, you know, growing up, that was, that was a tough thing. That was a tough thing for sure. But, uh, we, we got through it. My, my mother taught me and my little sister how to, you know, be, you know, strong, independent and, you know, individuals. And, uh, yeah, man, like that's, that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much some of my life, man. Like, you know, I grew up a huge wrestling fan. (laughs) Um, Man, when I say I was a huge, huge fan, I was a huge fan. <laughs> what got you into uh, professional wrestling? Well, you know, it, it, that's an interesting that's an interesting question because uh, it was my cousin actually who got me into wrestling. Um, I never I never forget when I was younger. He showed me what was it WrestleMania? I think it was WrestleMania fourteen. Uh, it was it was Kane 
versus The Undertaker. It was like what, right after Kane's Hell in a Cell debut, if I'm correct. And uh, he, like, and this is went back, you know, when the VCRs and stuff was still out and still and still popular. And we watched that match, and honestly, that match is what made me love wrestling. And uh, from there on, man, I continue to watch more wrestling. I did my research, looking, you know, looking at, you know, um, was it um, other other wrestling promotions, and just you know, just did my research a lot, you know, of like wrestlers from the past, and uh, had to educate myself on, um, you know, who these wrestlers were, because you know, I'm. I'm a young, I was a young kid. So I'm like, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really born in the area. Like, you know, when the Ric Flair's and stuff, the um, Dusty Rhodes or, you know, in their, in their youth. So I had to educate myself on that and know who these guys are. And, you know, just from there on, man, I have had that fire in me uh, forever, honestly. Yeah. I do believe that was WrestleMania 14. As you were talking, I went and, uh, grabbed my VHS of it and I thought there would maybe be a card on the back but this was like the uh, it was kind of like it was definitely part of a box set so it doesn't necessarily have the card on the back but it does show Kane and Undertaker because I couldn't remember uh, which Wrestlemania those two went up, up against each other but that's that's a that's a pretty way to get started because especially two main events Stone Cold Steve Austin Shawn Michaels with uh, Mike Tyson as the special enforcer on the outside and to, I mean that's like the I don't know if you would call that the exact beginning of the Austin era, because maybe that was more of Austin 316, but, you know, that was the moment he became champion. I mean, that was a turning point for WWE. Yeah. Oh, man. Austin, man, the, when that moment happened, that was an awesome moment. I That was awesome, for sure. I mean, I was kind of conflicted because, like, I liked Austin, but I was always a Shawn Michaels kid, or uh, between Shawn Michaels and Brett, so... I was loving the DX run and all that kind of stuff. And I can't remember because, I mean, it was just so long ago whether I was whether I believed Shawn Michaels was going to win or not. But looking back, mm-hmm. it was like Austin was on a roll for about two years. And this was finally the moment like, all right, fine, we're going to give him the title. And, you know, that just that year of Austin was was crazy. Oh, yeah. That, I, when you, that match actually that match was great. Uh because I, I rewinded, I rewinded on the VCR at least what ten times to watch that match. Over. That was a, that was a pretty good match. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's that was a good one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, like, yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah, you can continue. That man, that that's that's at least that's one of my favorite matches to go back and watch. Austin versus Sean, and you know Taker versus uh Taker versus Kane. Yeah, like man. Taker for a big guy, man. Taker could like Taker can could move like a cruiserweight. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Because <laughs> he's so athletic. I've recently actually thought a lot about like this WrestleMania and and the good six months or so going into it. If if it could be redone, I kind of think and it, it, it's a little bit partial of like someone who I'm a fan of, but I kind of wish they would have gave Owen the title. Like this is kind of why I've been running it in my head like imagine if after instead actually instead of having the montreal screw job you have brett mm-hmm. drop the title to owen and then instead of necessarily Shawn michaels in this match it's then austin versus owen and then you have the big callback of what happened with owen and austin with the intercontinental title where owen broke austin's uh owen yeah owen broke austin's neck 
And then that's where you have Stone Cold win it. Because that period after the screw job, which granted, like you had that, you did actually have to have the screw job for it to happen. But mm. Owen was, he was like almost a loose cannon. Like I thought you could have really built a character around him and, you know, maybe gave him a title and it might have went somewhere, but I don't know. It's probably also kind of the regret of like the the future that Owen ended up having after that point, but still like watching like some of his promos after the screw job, like that's upside of Owen that only lived for a short amount of time. And I th- thought they could have capitalized on it. That actually would have been, um, now that you mentioned it, that actually would have been a pretty good feud for the, uh, for the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially that they already had a, a history prior. Mm-hmm. So that's, 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 a, that's like some, some, that's some, you know, build up right there and some, some, some substance. There you go. That's, there's some substance there mm-hmm. that they could have, that could have, you know, they could have ran with, you know, to lead up to that, uh, lead up to an Austin versus Owen, uh, WWE uh, title match that 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 would have been a good match. That really would have been a good match. And if they would have done it right too, I think going back to like him and Brett, that would have been like the you know finally Owen beats Brett and beats him for the title, so it means something. Because like go back to like it was my first WrestleMania ever watching it live, WrestleMania ten, and Owen gets the win over Brett, but later in the night Brett becomes champion, so it's kind of like well yeah you got one up on him, but now he's champion, so now you. You got to try to beat him again, and he after that point he never could. That that would yeah. Oh man, that, that that's a that's a dream match right there. Yeah. For the championship. Oh man. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a dream match, man. That would have been awesome to see. I mean, they had title matches because that was kind of a feud in 1994, but Owen never won. Okay. I'm have to uh I'm gonna have to go back and check some of those check some of the um some of their feuds out. Because uh, it's been a while since I've watched um, those two guys go at it, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna definitely have to uh, go back and re-watch some of their uh, classic matches because they they did have some um, some classic matches. I would say for them it was a classic match matches and classic feud because like you go with the Survivor Series uh, where the feud kind of kind of starts where Owen's the only one to get eliminated on the Heart team. And then Owen turns on him at Royal Rumble, leading into having a WrestleMania match. And then there was just this back and forth stuff. And like, I'm not sure how you are with Marvel movies, but it reminded me as an adult of Thor and Loki in the Marvel movies because there was just this sibling rivalry. One was like, oh, the the glorified son and the good guy. Then you had the the one always playing second fiddle. And I was like, oh my god, that's Brett and Owen. That's an act, that's an actual good analogy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been. Um, I would have loved to see where they were. Um, where else they would have went with the, with um, the two the two brothers brothers uh, going at it um, storyline. That that would that, that definitely would have been something nice for sure. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah, that that would have been something nice. So when was this when you watched? Uh, WrestleMania 14 was this right around the time of WrestleMania 14 or like a little bit later? Was, I think I believe if, if I remember correctly, it for me it probably had to be a little bit later. Okay, because you know that's that's when that's when the VCRs were still still yeah. popular and stuff. Hey, I got a VCR in my uh, living room. I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to bring it back. Me and me and some other friends were just trying to bring it back. <laughs> oh, hashtag bring back VCRs. 
I mean, there, there's something kind of nostalgic with them. Like, granted, like I, I am someone like I have a ton of DVDs, uh, you know, a good amount of Blu-rays, and I got a also a good amount of like just digital stuff that I could watch, not just through streaming, but actually like digital copies. But some movies, maybe more with like horror movies, there's like a, a nostalgic part of watching it on a, a VCR. And I know what I'm actually trying to do this year is this Christmas is try to watch a lot of Christmas movies through uh through uh VHS. Oh man, that that'd be awesome. Uh Christmas movies. Uh ooh, man. Yeah, Christmas movies really from I, those are like the best to watch on a uh, VCR, honestly. Like, yeah. Classic those classic Christmas movies. What's your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie? Uh let's see. The Grinch stole Christmas. I'm gonna be honest with you. The original cartoon or the Jim Carrey one? The original cartoon. Okay. I'm always amazed, like, over the past 15 years or so, maybe even closer, maybe closer to 10 years, like, there's a lot more people that love the Jim Carrey version, which I, I rewatched it recently. It, it's fine, I think, but I think the cartoon is just, it's, like, the perfect length. Uh, it's not, you know, not too long. It's not super, super short. Uh, it's, uh, the animation is timeless. And the fact of, you know, they put it also in Home Alone, was always something that I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed. You know, speaking of Home Alone, now when it comes to like Christmas live action movies, Home Alone is Home Alone. Uh, was it was it the fourth one? That's my that's my favorite. I I love Home Alone. The home, just the Home Alone series as a whole is is a uh, is um a classic. But the fourth one for me I, is something about the fourth one that I don't know something about the fourth one that I li- I like the most out of once before the fourth one that's that's something different like i'm a big fan of one and two uh, which a lot like a lot of people but i'll even give three a uh, pass because i remember when that came out and i just recently rewatched it and it was i mean to me i mean it was wasn't as good as one and two but it was still very decent but i have heard nothing but bad things about maybe four and five there might be a six i can't and forget where we are with them because actually i think at some point, they stopped numbering them. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to call it Home Alone something. I've never heard anybody oh, say four was that good. Yeah, I, I like I liked fourth one. I, the fourth one. Um, I usually, uh, I'm usually the um, anomaly out of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, like, if, 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 if I could, if the story can pull me in, then, it, then it's good for me. Yeah. It, it's an eight plus for me if, if it can pull me in. Where are you on the Santa Claus movies? Are you talking with uh, who, is it Tim Allen? Yeah. Oh uh, man, I seen the first one, second one, and the third one. It, is there a fourth one? Correct me, because it's been a while. <laughs> I think there's just three. Like I have a, I think it's a DVD box set of just the three. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm caught up in the the Santa Claus movies. Um, uh, now my third, my favorite one is the first one. Um, Tim Allen overall is a great actor. Yeah, like he's world famous for uh, what is his uh, name from uh, Holy Story? But is it Bud? Buzz, buddy, Buzz. There you go. He's so famous for Buzz. I mean, I love Santa Claus, the first one. I remember seeing it in the theater. It's one of the few Christmas movies I can vividly remember watching in the movie theater. And I didn't watch two until I think a year or so ago. 
and all oh, two and three actually for that matter. I didn't think two was too bad, but three was uh, just a little little off for me. I was like, yeah, I, it, this is a really big step down from how good one and two was. I mean, one's to me really good. Two, like I said, two's okay. Yeah, yeah. What would you? How would you rank it? If uh, from uh, like uh, out of the um, Christmas um, Santa Claus movies, as you know, as your favorite, how would you rank them? Number one is in my, I think when I do a top five list, it's almost always in there. Okay. Two, uh, I would have to rank a lot. I think it, it, it might be like a top 15, like within 10 to 15. I, I, it's hard for me to rank three, like three. I just remember going into it like, all right, I was really impressed of how good two was. Cause I have very little expectations for it, but three just. I don't know because of the whole Jack Frost thing. It just, I like the idea. Like the first one was, you know, the Santa Claus. And then the second one was the Mrs. Claus. So there was going to be this whole, you got to find him a wife. But then, like, then, yeah, the Jack Frost thing got a little weird. I'm not sure what they were yeah. shooting for. But I mean, it was kind of still fun for me to, to go back and revisit the Santa Claus and then see what, what else was coming after it. Because, like I said, I, I grew up with that first one. Yeah. The first one, the first one, the first one is, is indeed a, a classic that, that that's, that's a timeless movie. You, you know, a movie what movies I think are, uh, very underrated. What's that? No, <laughs> the Dr. Seuss, the Dr. Seuss, uh, 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 series, you know, with, um, what was, what was the first movie they had? Cat in the Hat. No, no, the Grinch, right? The Grinch. Yeah. Te- Cat in the Hat. Yeah, technically, say, technically the Grinch is number one. Uh, yeah. Okay. The Grinch, uh, Cat in the Hat, and there's a few others um, that uh, came out over the years. But those are very underrated movies. Um, like for for what it is, I guess you could say because of you know growing up reading those different Doctor Seuss books, uh, it was good for what it was. Uh, the live actions were pretty funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I, I have an appreciation for the doc for Doctor Seuss and his. Uh, his creativity when it came to his books <laughs> and then how they translated them into like movies. Yeah. And like they have the, the live action Dr. Seuss first, I believe. And it's not me looking at anything, which I think, I think did decent, but there was a lot of bad uh, reception for cat in a hat, which I, n- I don't think I've ever seen. And then at some point, which I don't know, which was the first one they switched over to, you know, computer animation so I know there was like, you know, the Lorax, uh, Horton Hears a Who, and then another Grinch, which I knew a lot of people that really hated on that one, too. I went to I went to see it in the theater and I was like, you know what? It's it's not that bad. There's a lot of stuff I really, really enjoy about it. It's I think the thing with, you know, the how the Grinch stole Christmas, like the actual like book, it's it's short. And that's why the the, the original cartoon is short. And then once you like, all right, we're going to turn this into a hour and a half movie you have to add elements to it and that's why there is like a whole bunch of stuff in the jim carrey version that's not in the book or the cartoon and same thing with the computer animated one which i think is fine but it's like you're going in not knowing exactly what's going to happen but you you definitely know all right grinch is going to steal christmas and at the end cindy lou who is going to make him regret everything and he's going to give christmas back but how they do it is different yeah, I agree. 
I agree. But honestly, like the only I like I've seen little snippets of like other little movies from Dr. Seuss, but the main ones that I've you know watched fully through was um Cat in the Hat and The Grinch. And uh so like any anything else after that, I haven't really like I've seen little pieces, you know, mm-hmm. here and there, but I didn't watch them fully through. I think that's when I no, I think that's when I got to my my um up in age where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna uh you know, you start phasing out of certain stuff. I, I yeah. think that's when I started phasing out of um, the Dr. Seuss era uh, at, you know, at the, at the time as I was getting older, but uh, definitely the cat in the hat and the Grinch stole Christmas live action movies. Like I like them. The cat in the hat, what I will say, I, I feel, I feel like there was like a little bit of dark humor there where I'm like, Oh, Oh man. <laughs> like looking back at it now, I'm like, wow. You know, they said that in the movie. I think there was dark humor in it. Like I said, I've never, I've never seen it, but I remember people talking about. It. I want to say, I mean, dark humor, and then like there's, there's definitely some humor in it that was supposed to go over kids' heads, like adults were gonna get it. But yeah, I've never, I've never gone back and watched it. I think if I ever get a chance, actually, now that I might, if I can find it someplace for cheap or for free, like on Netflix or Hulu or something like that, where it's already part of the subscription i might i might try to watch it gotcha gotcha yeah i haven't watched i haven't watched those in like years <laughs> it's been it's been a long time sure yeah it's like <sighs> it's weird when you do go through those like phases of phasing stuff out but i know for me after i i hit adult years like i was still g- going to the movies to watch uh some animated movies because i was like i don't know that kind of looks cool cloudy with a chance of meatballs like i, I want to see what this is like and there was like obviously Pixar movies are something that like, Oh, toy story three is coming out. Well, I grew up with toy story one and two. Let's, let's uh, go see what's going on with three. And then the other, you know, like I said, Pixar Disney movies, like there's a little bit of uh, nostalgia to them. So it's like, let's, let's watch, let's watch them. Oh yeah. Disney, honestly, when it comes to movies, they are, I, I, I give them a huge thumbs up, especially their animated movies, you know, the cartoon movies, cause they know how to really, Oh man, it, they know how to make us fans really invested mm-hmm. in movies because it because you know it it, pull, it pulls out a certain emotion in us. Oh man, Disney does really good with with those type of movies where they can pull out the emotion. Disney and Pixar both like it's cool to watch something like Pixar to where they'll come out with movies and then like you'll they'll hit the sequels for those movies. So it's like it makes you come back like oh you liked Finding Nemo well here's Finding Dory. You like Toy Story? Well, here's Toy Story 2, 3, and 4. But they'll still manage to go like, okay, here's this movie, and it's called Coco. Uh, and that's going to have its own story to it. It's not going to be necessarily connected to what you're used to. And for me, at least, Pixar has gained enough trust to where if the trailer looks good, I'm going to go see it because majority of the time, those movies are excellent. And even like even a movie like Coco, I'm not afraid to admit I saw that movie in the theater and at the end I cried. And then when it came out on Blu-ray, I brought it home. Uh, it was actually like the first 4k Blu-ray we bought for our new TV. And when I watched it, I mm-hmm. cried again, even though I knew everything was coming. So uh, it's, it's, it is like within Disney and Pixar to where they, they're going to get your emotions. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good one there. That's a good one. Hey man, uh, I don't, I, I don't blame you, man. There's, 
I couldn't think. What, what was the one movie that made me cry? That was a Disney cartoon movie. Um, Lion King made me cry. Like, Lion King. <laughs> my, that made me cry. I, oh man, freaking was it uh, Mufasa falling yeah. off the cliff? That 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 hit a heart uh, a heartstring. I remember watching that movie in the theater too, and I cannot remember whether I cried or not. My thing is, like for that movie. I fell in love with Scar. Like, I wasn't necessarily rooting for the bad guy, but like I liked his demeanor early in the movie. Like his song is uh, "Be Prepared" is one of my favorite Disney songs now. So I can't remember how I reacted to that death. But God, I I know a lot of people who talked about or have talked about that death just threw them for a loop. But I cannot remember how I reacted as a kid. Yeah, it was definitely a uh, it was definitely uh, an emotional uh, moment there. Um, you know, I, I like how Disney also connects because I want to I, I want to um, know if you uh, if you ever noticed this um, throughout Disney movies. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. So Hercules, uh, you know, when they came out with the movie Hercules, either I think there was a point to where um, where you know how he wears the, the the lion he wears the lion as like a, like a headpiece. Yeah. Well, if you ever notice that that lion headpiece, it, it's Scar. Oh yeah. And sometimes I'll be like, wait, where did he find Scar at? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I love how like little things like that, you know, connects connects to other stories. That that's just another another cool thing that Disney does. Um, what's another good, good Disney movie? Speaking of Hercules, Hercules is actually a good movie too. That, um, man, I. I didn't watch Hercules until last year. Okay. Who's your favorite out of, out of the Hercules movie cast? Um, I mean, Hades, Hades is is a very memorable one. I've always been partial to, uh, I think he's the Roman God Hermes. Who's like the messenger. Oh, you you talk about, uh, he has like the, the interest, the the shoes that with the wings. I know you talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've always, I've, Definitely always liked Hermes. Hermes is definitely um, an interesting character. Uh, I, I do agree with that. Hades, Hades, and Poseidon are my two fa- like my two favorites. Um, Hades just because he's very funny. I don't know, just he, he he's sarcastic. That that's one of the things I like about Hades. He's very sarcastic. Sarcastic. And what I like about Poseidon is that he's um he's firm and like firm and serious. Um, although I, it would have been cool if they would have showed him. Cause I don't re- really remember them showing him in the Hercules movies, but I do know like, like Netflix just released a series called, uh, is it bloodline of Zeus? Good, good animated, uh, car, good animated series. Yeah. And they like introduces, um, um, they introduced Poseidon in, in there. Now he didn't say much, but they, they, they showed him and they just, when he, when he did say some stuff, it was like, through some important, through, through um, important situations. So yeah, even like, that, that's pretty cool to me. Like I hope to see more of them in this, uh, if they come out with a season two of um, Bloodline is this. If I'm correct, they don't show Poseidon in Hercules, but because of the actual Greek mythology, basically the little mermaid and Hercules are connected because, because of that fact there's, 
it's like when you do find all the crazy connections in between uh, all these Disney movies, and it's not just like something like that. There's the fact that Frozen, Rapunzel, and Little Mermaid are all connected, supposedly, to where it was. A, I'm trying to exactly remember what all it is. I know the one of the ships that are at the bottom of the ocean in Little Mermaid is supposed to be the ship that the parents from Frozen were on, and in in that movie or uh, in. Who was it? It was uh, Tangled. I said Rapunzel, but obviously the movie's Tangled. But in Tangled, the parents for Frozen are attending the wedding. And then vice versa, whatever the, you know, Rapunzel and whoever, they're in Frozen. Yeah. They're attending that wedding, I believe it is. I might have some of that wow. crossed, but I know like the, like the fact that there are those connections, it's very similar to The Little Mermaid and uh, Hercules. That's actually interesting. I always went... I always wanted to know um, what was connected to the movie Frozen. And um, I actually, that's an interesting fact for me now. Uh, that you should, Wow, you taught me something because uh, I didn't know that Hercules and, uh, and uh, Little Mermaid was connected. But should have known it because Poseidon was in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What is, um, what's the name of that? What's the name of that? Uh, Movie. Uh, I would say Aladdin. Um, Mulan. What, what what is connected to Mulan? I don't think anything's connected to Mulan because like it's not like the MCU where everything connects, but there are movies that have like connections to them. And then you do, you do get the point where there's also those Easter eggs, like you talk about Scar being in Hercules, which was purposely put there, but also. In one of the underwater scenes in The Little Mermaid is like Mickey and Donald and I think Goofy. Didn't they have like a cartoon on that? I feel like they did. Uh, uh, speaking of Mick, uh, when you mentioned Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Like what do you mean a cartoon on that? Oh, because I think there was like a cartoon years ago. Uh, like Mickey was like a, like, uh, I would say a talk show host. I think that's what he was. Like, And he would talk to like... Uh, out of like a bunch of Disney of the Disney characters and they were all be like sitting at like tables and stuff while he's talking. And it was just like a um, cartoon. I think that came on like probably early two thousands, um, back when like, you know, Disney, Disney network had like, you know, a lot of pretty classic cartoons. Yeah. That might've been a little bit too late for me. Like that could be a thing, but I, I couldn't tell you. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Disney is very interesting. Like, oh, yeah. I, I love the, the little nuances that they do when they're connecting certain things um, to a, a story. It's almost similar to with Pixar to how there's a lot of like references to other Pixar movies one way or another. And then you have the there's a bunch of things that appear in every single movie, like the um, Pizza Planet car has, I think, appeared in every single Pixar movie, I, I believe, one way or another. Hmm. Interesting. And then they'll there'll be other other references it's it just depends on what movie and how how it's done and then also they will foreshadow other pixar movies that haven't come out yet like the, maybe there'll be something in the background or maybe there's a stuffed animal that's a reference to like another movie coming out so it's always fun to watch like one thing that i love doing it maybe not just with disney movies or marvel stuff it's finding videos that will t show you all the Easter eggs. And sometimes it's like, okay, what did I miss 
that there was a reference to. And some are like crazy references, but other ones are like, oh, you know, there was, you know, Lotso the bear was in this scene of this other movie. Like, I think he was in a, he was in a little kid's room during up when, whenever the house is starting to uh, be elevated in the air with all the balloons and you see like a kid's room and then you see like the house coming up beside them. So like, there's like this, that little Easter egg of, you know, Lotso the bear. Hmm. I don't think I've seen the movie yet. Uh, Ooh, up's up. Definitely. Up's a good one. I'm gonna have to check that out. Up is a movie okay. that can make you cry within the first ten minutes. Yep, I gotta check that out now. <laughs> <laughs> I won't like I won't spoil it for you, but I'll I'll say this because this was my reaction to the beginning of the movie. I had seen enough of the trailers to where the opening didn't match the trailers, and I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't doesn't add up. Then I'm like, oh shit. Oh no! This is this is going the direction I don't want it to go, and it, it happened to go that direction. So I I won't ruin it, but like it's again like one of those things with with Pixar where they can just throw a movie like that at you and have no you know spectacle behind. It. Like oh here's like I said here's Toy Story here's Cars. It's like no here's here's Up, and it's like really good. Gotcha, man. Speaking of Cars, how many car movies did they have? <laughs> they did three, but. You can openly skip two because like, I'm not crazy on like skipping a lot of stuff like that, but I've seen all three of them and they don't reference cars two at all in three. They act like it never happened. So you can actually skip that movie and be fine. Oh man. I'm assuming it was, did it do bad or (laughs) like, oh man. Oh, that's wow. That's got me kind of speechless. I think it did bad enough. And I, I know, I think it had bad critical reception too, because they, they took the, the focus off, uh, whatever the main car's real name is. And, but they put it on to later the cable guy's character and it, it just, it didn't, it wasn't necessarily the same thing. Okay. Cause I do remember seeing the first one. Yeah. I don't remember watching the second one or the, or the third one. Um, but I do like I do like the first one. The first one was pretty good. We've gone off on this tangent about movies. I want to kind of circle it back to wrestling. And you talked about how you got into into wrestling, but what got you through the doors of AIW? You're you're a ref now. I know that wasn't necessarily your original intention, but first off, we'll start at the beginning. Like, what was your introduction to AIW? Well, uh, so my introduction. To AIW, um, I actually was told I was actually in, told by a friend of mine um, about AIW. He one day he hit me. I was like, "Hey man, uh, there's this uh, wrestling promotion in, in Cleveland, um, and they're having a show." I'm like, "Oh, they are? Well, uh, let's go get some tickets and let's let's go to the show." And the show that we went to, it was uh, this was a couple years ago. It was what? It was I know the main event was Janela versus Glacier and uh, enter the 36 cryonic chambers at uh, yeah. music links. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think ain't that's the, ain't that's the one where uh, was I think uh, I remember correct. I think, I think Janela messed up his finger. Yeah. There was the like punching arcade game thing. And I think Janela hit it and broke his, finger or whatever and he even like said afterwards he was like i just did it did it as a joke or something like that and then 
you know, he accidentally broke his finger or whatever it was. Okay. Yeah, that, that was that that was the show. That was the show I was out. And so that that was my very first indie show ever. Um so just that experience was amazing. And I'll never forget, like, you know, sitting there watching these matches. I was super excited. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, now, now that I know, now, now I know. I'm like, well, uh, I'm like, I, I, I want to be a part of this. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I, I, lo- I love the business, um, so much. So, uh, w- so we went to the show and it was like, after the main event was over, they were, you know, they were, uh, you know, signing autographs and, uh, you know, allowing pictures to be taken with a uh, glacier. And I thought I, um, at the time I'm like, man, I don't, cause you know, I'll, they told me what, they, how much it is. I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, man, wait, I don't, uh, I might not have no more money left. So <clears throat> I look in my pocket and lo and behold, I had at least enough money to get, um, to get a picture. So I ended up, you know, they ended up, ended up allowing me in the ring to, uh, you know, get that picture. Now, you know what, now that I think about it, I did, I was, I was able to get an um, autograph as well. Um, the autograph is somewhere in my house. Um, but I was, but I did get the picture. And after that, it was, um, it was, uh, Wes who told me about the school and, uh, you know, told me, you know, things that what I had to do. And from there, man, I, uh, once I got the information, uh, the rest is history, man. I, uh, did what I needed to do. Um, and, and I am where I am, man. I'm, you know, now I'm, you know, within the, within the business and it's been, uh, it's been a a pleasure. I I love it, man. I love it. Your first show. God, that was, I just pulled up the card for that one. That's a, that's a pretty good place to start because you have, first off, it's a music link show. Those shows, maybe a little student heavy, but still you had, uh, that was actually, I believe the debuts of MJF and Mance Warner in AIW. God, looking, looking back at two Dominic Greeny versus MJF and Joshua Bishop versus Mance Warner. Oh man. Ooh. Yeah. that That was a good show. That was a good show for sure. So it only took you one, one show to join the school. Like you were just like, dude, I'm in. Yeah. Like, uh, once I got the information, I, you know, did what I needed to do, turned that information in and, you know, I went, I went up to the school and, you know, you know, got, you know, got the tour of the place. And then, uh, when I, when I got the money that I needed, you know, to be officially a student, then, uh, yeah, man, I went up there, you know, started training and, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was great. Like, it, that's that was during the time when I was, you know, my mindset was like, I want to be a wrestler. And but as time went on, you know, th- I know things for me, things, things changed. Um, and um, instead of, you know, wrestling, I, I wanted to uh, find another path. And refereeing is um, the path that I, you know, I chose to walk in. Uh, and I, I love it, man. It's <laughs> I love it. I get to be in that mix and you know it just it, it's just it's an awesome experience man how uh how did uh jake clemens play a role in all this too jake he's uh he's played a a major major role in um in this my um friend uh, uh like you know 
I, I, I appreciate, appreciate that he took the time, took the time out to ask, you know, to come and mentor me and, you know, teach me the ropes of being a referee. And, uh, like I, I, I'm forever, you know, grateful for, um, grateful for him, uh, for teaching me and showing me the ropes and taking me up under his wing. Uh, yeah, he, he played a, a big role in, um, in my journey as a ref. I mean, in a way now too, you've kind of, uh, kind of replaced him in AIW. I mean, you're really not, not exactly too, but I feel like, uh, Jake has been on the trajectory to get where he is now. Like he long as almost as long as I've known Jake, he's, he'd been working, trying to get the WWE. So he's finally there. And I think along the way, like he knew eventually he was going to have to step away and there needed to be a new ref because a lot of the referees are getting older. I mean, I don't know exactly Tom Dunn's age. He won't tell anybody, but the fact of like there, there needed to be somebody new and you stepping in and becoming a ref, I think was, was perfect. And you're, you're someone who, who's definitely, you know, working really hard. Like uh, I was listening to, listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about an AIW show and they're talking about just a particular match. And they were talking about how bad the ref was. And the first thing I did, I immediately like checked my photos of that show and of that match to see who the ref was. And the fact that it wasn't you, I was like, all right, good. Because I don't have to be like, listen, guys, this guy's a newer ref, like like play off. I'm like, no, it was, it was another ref. I won't say who, but process of elimination, you could probably guess the referee it actually was. So I remember being like really relieved, like, all right, good. It wasn't safe. Safe, safe, safe is good. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, I work, I work hard to, um, you know, be, be good at what I do. And, you know, I, it's still, I'm still learning. And that's the beauty about, that's the beauty about it is, you know, I never stop learning. You know, I learn something new every day. Um, so that, you know, I just continue to push and continue to work hard to continue to be the best version of myself. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just, yeah, man. <laughs> I've, uh, I've learned, I've learned a lot and, um, I appreciate everyone, everyone that has played a, uh, played a, you know, who has impacted my life. I'm gonna say that, uh, you know, I, you know, Jake, Jake's impacted my life a lot. Um, I love Jake. He's, uh, He's, 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 he's a brother to me. Um, another person that played an impact in my life, uh, Dominic Greeny. Uh, he's, uh, like another, he's another brother to me who's, um, you know, impacted my life. Who's also taught, you know, who's taught me as well when I was in the process of training, of training to be a wrestler. And, you know, he's still, even, even though I'm ripping, you know, he's, he, you know, still, he still, you know, teaches me. So, as well. So I just, I appreciate everyone, um, everyone in, in, in the company, everyone. Uh, and, uh, yeah, man, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for, um, everyone at everyone at everyone in the company, man, I, I, I respect and I, I love everyone there. Um, embraced me, they embraced me with open arms and, uh, yeah, man, I have nothing but love and love, respect, and uh, loyalty to those guys and girls. <laughs> Do you have any, I don't know, any regrets that you weren't able to, I don't say you weren't able to make it as a wrestler, but you, that you're not out there wrestling now, I should say. Like, if the, if the world was back to normal, do you have any regrets of not becoming a wrestler, but instead becoming a ref? 
honestly, to be honest with you, uh, no, I haven't, I have no regrets. I, uh, I knew, I knew in my time in, you know, I, I knew I'm like, hey, yeah, this, this, this part, this part might not be for me. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me step back for a little bit and, and see what is for me. And I, um, I discovered repping is, is for me. Um, so I have no regrets. I, I enjoy, um, a hundred percent being a ref. Uh, cause e- even though, even though I'm not, I'm not a wrestler, I, you know, I still get to be involved in that ring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's so, really, that's really good to hear because I think being a ref is, a, is almost uh, the unsung hero of professional wrestling. And I know I, I could never put my body through. I mean, not even being a wrestler, but even a ref. Cause like a lot of the, you have to have a lot more cardio than, than I have. I, I just could not do it. And I think you learn from definitely one of the best in Jay Clemens and the AIW school in general too. I don't, I don't know how many conversations I have with people who are starting in wrestling or want to start out in wrestling. And like, if they're in this area, I'm just like, go to, go to the AIW school. You're, you're going to have the best shot at success there because a, the company and B the people that are surrounded uh, there at the training center to where it's, it's going to severely help you. And the fact of you having to step away from becoming a wrestler, but going, going into going into refereeing is, is an awesome story to hear of someone who basically you didn't quit the basically way I want to say it. Like, yeah, you might've had to step away from the wrestling stuff, but you're like, no, I'm, I still want to do something. No, I, you want me to be a ref? Fine. Let's let me be a ref. And, uh, it's been cool to, you know, watch when, when we still had shows, but being able to watch, you know, your experience as a ref, because I I'll, I remember that first night because the fact of it wasn't just a student's match. There was a student ref in it. And to me, it made it that match all so much more special because it was more, actually more than just the wrestlers involved in that, that special moment. That man, that moment, I love that was that's one of my favorite moments of all time. Like the, that that's that moment is so special to me that I got to share it with my brothers and man like <laughs> when I when I after everything was after the match was over man like I cried like I genuinely cried because I'm like I, I I I'm happy I got to I got to share this moment with my brothers and like the dream the dream the dream has come true and. uh but it, you know, I didn't let it. It didn't stop there, man. I uh, I continued to uh, I continued from there, man. Um, just you know, continue to work hard and uh, never, never what's the word I'm looking for? Always stand true to myself and uh, you know, can, you know, show I put dedication in everything that I in, in anything that I and I that I do, man. And that that definitely was like a great moment. Um, I <laughs> I go back and watch the debut match. Honestly, every day, like I never stopped watching it since it happened. Like that moment meant a lot to me, my brothers. And it was just, it was that, that's that, that, that moment right there was just, if I did, uh, if I had to define it, that moment was super, super, super epic. And it was a great class to debut it too. Uh, It's really cool to watch. Like, you know, we got, you know, the, Bitcoin boys and now bulking season on top of it. Um, 
two tag teams out in the world trying to trying to make a name for themselves and seeing them even now still, you know, get some get some bookings. Like seeing bulking season, you know, go out to St. Louis, I think are wherever those some of those secret shows are, I think they're out somewhere towards that area, but still really cool to see, especially, you know, uh, I think maybe more now with uh, Arthur MacArthur. Yes, indeed. It, it, you know, the, the, seeing, seeing them, you know, seeing them, you know, you know, grow and evolve in, in, the, in their craft is amazing. And I'm, I'm so proud of those guys, man. Like they, <laughs> they, they deserve all the success in the world, man. They are, they are talented. They are awesome. And like, I appreciate all those guys. All right. Uh, we're almost to the hour mark and let's get into the fave five questions. Hey, this is Booker T five time champ. And this is the fave five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right. Question number one, let's go with one of my favorites, favorite cereal. Mm, favorite cereal cinnamon toast crunch. Very popular answer. Think, uh, I want to say Trey Lamar said that one. I know that is one of his favorites. I've had the I've had the conversation with him. I say it's Golden Grands, and he's like, it's not even close. I'm like, I don't know. They're kind of the same cereal, except one's more of a honey <laughs> honey flavor, and the other one's cinnamon. <laughs> uh, I've, I've I've had uh, Golden Grand. Golden Grand is pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's something about the cinnamon toast crunch that uh, is something about it that I, I like about it. But definitely Golden Grand is a uh, is definitely a good cereal. There's something too about cinnamon toast crunch. Whenever it's uh, well, number one, the the cinnamon milk you get at the end is kind of special. But the fact of it's one of those things that they'll come out with cinnamon toast crunch. I know they did that on ice cream. They've done like cereal bars, and like those are all good too. Like I can't mm-hmm. like definitely if I would probably create a top five cinnamon toast crunch would be up there, and I do and I do enjoy it from time to time. But if I always like I said if I were to pick between the two, like Golden Grams is hands down one of my favorites, and I gotta give the love for that one. I I don't hey man that, that's uh that's that's definitely a pretty good cereal for sure like that's something I I, I don't mind eating um yeah yeah all right question number two pancakes or waffles uh, oh that's a tough one I'm gonna go with waffles any particular reason why uh I guess you could say with um like the different type of waffles they have um like you know strawberry Chocolate chip. Um, I'm trying to think, there should be a couple more. Uh, chocolate chip. There, I can't think of the other ones right now, but it like I love like how they, you know, how they implement like you know strawberry and like chocolate chip within the waffles. It it just adds a flavor, yeah, to the waffles. So yeah, the thing that I love about that question is they're necess- They're basically the same thing. It's just they're cooked, yeah. they're cooked a little little bit different and. I think for me too, it, it kind of just depends mm-hmm. on the day of that of the week, whether I'm like, all right, do I want my more mood for like a nice fluffy pancake or maybe a little bit of a crunchy waffle when they're, when they're cooked, right. Both pancakes and waffles, like when, when it, when it's cooked right and it has like, you know, that it's still hot and it's like just nice and fluffy, like a cloud. Yeah. Like and with butter on it, gold, golden. All right. Question number three. Let's go with things I've asked a lot of these questions and it depends on which one I feel like I've not answered and asked enough or not. Um, favorite video game console. Uh, 
can I can I pick two? Because <laughs> there's two councils that I really love out of all the councils that have been made. Um, the PlayStation is um, one of my favorites, and then the Nintendo 64 is my like my second favorite. I love those two consoles. I can play those all day. So you almost basically just got like a current, like a particular era of, you know, the N64 and the PlayStation era. Yeah. Yeah. One of my biggest issues with the N64 was I was never a fan of that controller. I'm still not high on it, but it's because I came from more of like the Super Nintendo era. And like I, to this day, I still love the the Super Nintendo controller. And the fact that like going from one to the other, seemed like a really big move compared to when we went to the from the Nintendo controller to the Super Nintendo controller it's they're almost the same it's except they made it to where it was more comfortable and they added a couple buttons but adding the uh, the joystick and the different ways to hold it I don't know that that threw me off for a very long time hmm. interesting hmm. I never really thought about that I mean it's definitely to each their own but like I kind of like flipped to PlayStation because the PlayStation to me felt like a real evolution of the Super Nintendo controller. I like how like it was it was definitely more comfortable and everything and even to the fact that I've always loved about Sony even though I'm a Xbox guy now, but basically since the PlayStation the controller's been basically the same. So you're you've always been used to it. The only thing that they ever changed was when they finally added the the DualShock joysticks. I wait, do a shot. When, are you about like when the controller like vibrates? I think that was also part of it, but but it was mainly when they added the the joysticks, the little the thumb, you know, the thumb joysticks. Because before, how it was just really you had your your D pad, start, select, uh, your four other buttons, X, square, circle, and triangle, and then you had the four trigger buttons. Like that was it. Then halfway through PlayStation One. They're like, all right, we're going to add these joysticks. And I want to say that's when they had added DualShock 2. Okay. Yeah, controllers has definitely evolved over mm-hmm. the years. Yeah. I, will, I will say that. Gaming controllers, too. Uh, like, I, I'm loving, like, you know, the, the main things of this day and age was the, was the Xbox and PlayStation. But I'm, I'm, I'm loving that Nintendo has um, re-showed the world, why they are who they are. Um, you know, when it came out with the Nintendo switch, um, that's, that's something fun to have, like, cause you, you can carry it around with you too. So that, that, that's, that's a beauty right there. Like you don't have to, you don't have to just, you know, have it, keep it connected to your TV. You can, if you leave out, you can take it with you and still play games. It's about as innovative when they had the Wii come out because the Wii was just a weird console. I mean, like comparing it to all the other consoles, but the fact that it became a hit, everybody wanted to play Wii bowling and all this other kind of stuff. Like, was it kind of a novelty? Eh, maybe a little bit, but there was still some fun Wii games and, uh, Oh yeah. They decided to take their, their console in a different direction. And it actually worked. I mean, it didn't last because when it came out the Wii U, that, I think that lasted only a couple of years and they're like, all right, we're done. But it almost seemed like the Wii U was a gap between, all right, we're doing this with Wii. We, we want to try to do this other thing. And then all the things that were kind of working with the Wii U is where we get now the, with the switch. 
Got you, got you. It's like honestly, the I give credit to the to the Wii, um, because you know, you know, because of the wireless type of controllers, you know, you know, like the 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 little monitors that can like that that you know you have to use to like when you're playing like da- dance games and stuff, or um, you know, just little stuff like little nuances like that that the uh, Wii had. Yeah, the, um, consoles nowadays are, are you know implementing implementing that PlayStation did it, Xbox did it, and I, yeah, I think that's it. PlayStation and Xbox is the only two that you know have you that you know try that the whole idea that the Wii did. So I, that's interesting. I give we the Wii the credit there because uh, they definitely created something that other consoles wanted to uh, you know try out. All right, question number four: Pepsi or Coke? I am a Pepsi guy. I'm, I'm, I prefer I'm, cherry Pepsi. Though. Uh, I'm sorry, I've never, I've never understood understood Pepsi. Well, I mean, I did when I was a little kid, but I love, I love Coke. Like I'm to a point where I don't drink a lot of pop, or I try not to. But if I'm gonna Same. drink it, it's like my big one is Coke. I, I haven't had a regular Mountain Dew in close to 15 years i've had closest i've had was i think last year i had a mountain dew zero but other than that the actual regular mountain dew i haven't had and that used to be my favorite haven't had for like close to 15 years coke on the other hand i i have periods where i'll stop and grab me like a coke or something but it's, it's something i at least for me i try not to keep pop in the house unless i go to detroit and i want to bring home some fago but that's a different story completely understandable honestly like now, like I like Pepsi, but like when it like I could just say my all time favorite drink is was it um fake Fago, you know the ginger ale esque drink, uh yeah Fago, yeah um yeah Fago's that's the, that's my all Fago's huh? the Fago's the brand. So you're saying okay. your, your favorite is the ginger ale Fago or yeah the ginger ale Fago is my favorite, but like it's my all time favorite. But like I do like I do like um dark dark cherry pepsi but like like you said i i try to keep um pop i try to stay away from pop because uh, it for me it it um tends to if i drink it too much i break i i get pimples on my face so that's one of the yeah. reasons why i try to stay away from uh, drinking a lot of pop yeah the closest thing i drink to it now which i it gives you like a little bit of the sensation of of pop but the sparkling flavored water you can get like it still has the, the carbonation um it's not as bad. If I'm correct. It's not as bad for you, but kind of, kind of helps. Cause that's one thing I remember cause I stopped drinking pop. There was like a full year I went without anything. And then, you know, I would have some from time to time. And I realized when I would drink pop, it would kind of make me a little full. Like if I had, if I wasn't drinking or I wasn't eating anything. So now I kind of replicate that with something like that, where I kind of feel like I'm filling up a little bit even though it's just kind of like gas and everything. And then, you know, I burp and I, I'm all of a sudden hungry again, but I don't know. It's something I've, I've definitely tried. Cause yeah, pop can be horrible for you. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I drink a lot of water. <laughs> I remember there was a period, there was a point in time where I, growing up, I drunk nothing but pop and my, my aunt would be like, boy, you need to, uh, you need to drink some water. Uh, so I was a huge pop fanatic, but as I got older, I drunk more pop. I'm sorry. I drank more water as I got older. Uh, cause 
one we, we one we need it, and honestly, with some nice cold water with, with some ice in it is is delicious. I don't know if you've ever had it there, but and it sounds crazy. The first time I ever had ice water from McDonald's, I was blown away because I don't know what it was. It was really good. Maybe it was like the, how the temperature of how cold it was. Like it was like this perfect, really cold temperature. And I remember being blown away like, oh, my God, this is this is really good. <laughs> oh, hey, I, I've had that feeling before. I know exactly what you mean. Like, um, like especially like, you know, if I'm walk, if I'm walking somewhere or if I'm just if I'm act, active in any type of way and I'm hot and I'm tired and I'm thirsty, water tastes delicious. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was for me for McDonald's. I, I was just going through the drive through and I think it was like the middle of winter. I think I was like, well, I kind of want a sweet tea, but maybe if I get a water with it, like that'll help me. Cause I could, I've been really bad at that. I'll get like two things of sweet tea and just kind of like suck them down. I'll like, well, I'll get one. And then after that, I'll get the water. And then like that water was just, oh, so perfect. <laughs> oh yeah. A nice, a nice cold bottle of water, cup of water. It's, it tastes delicious when it's at, when it's at that right temperature. Like I can't drink warm water. Like it, it tastes nasty to me, but when it's nice and cold, when it's that, when it's that right temperature, I can drink it and like, like my eyes glow up. Like, oh man, <laughs> this is this water is amazing. All right, let's uh, get to question number five. You said you like to be the anomaly, so um, let's see if you you fall in this category. Rank the fast food chicken nuggets between. McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's. Mm. Wendy's number one. You said how many? You said top five? No, uh, rank them between McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's, like those three. Wendy's um, no, is number one for me. And then um, McDonald's is number two. Burger King is number three when it comes to their chicken nuggets. So that's, that's my order right there. It's something about Wendy's chicken nuggets that is amazing. Well, you didn't fall into the the odd one category because rarely does anybody say Burger King. I think Derek said it once, but he was saying because of money, the fact that he could get uh, chicken nuggets cheaper there, that's what he was putting number one. And if I'm correct, Mikey, even though he's never said it here on the show, but he has said on Twitter he will rank them number one. Interesting. For me... I'm a McDonald's guy. It it goes back to my childhood. I remember very young age, always getting like a four piece nugget. And to me, it's still, still amazing. Still good. Still brings back all, all the nostalgia, but I can't, I can't hate on Wendy's. The only thing that kind of makes me upset about them is I found out a, a handful of years ago that they got rid of the honey dipping sauce. And I grew up like even with McDonald's, like, that was one of my dipping sauces from time to time. I do honey. And the fact I knew when they first introduced the chicken nuggets at Wendy's, they also offered honey and it, like they had it for a good while. Then I went into a Wendy's for the first time in a while and ordered uh chicken nuggets. And I was like, Oh, can I get some honey with it? They're like honey mustard. I'm like, no honey. They're like, Oh no, we don't have that. I'm like when the, when did that happen? <laughs> there, there's a, like there's a point where they added, what is it, that teriyaki sauce now? Like, I've never tried that teriyaki sauce. I don't know how that, honestly, I don't know how that tastes with, with french fries. Uh, 
if I ever go to McDonald's, I always get the barbecue sauce with, uh, especially if I'm getting like a 10 piece nugget. But wow, I didn't know that they had like honey. Wow. Like, um, that, that might've, that might've fizzled out probably, um, like maybe once I got older or yeah, once I got like of age, I think that's, they probably fizzled out then or might've been even longer than that. I didn't know that they have honey. McDonald's still has it. Like, I think I got, I probably got honey nuggets not that long ago, but for some reason, Wendy's, they don't offer it anymore. So if you get a chance when you go to McDonald's, like maybe you just try it, ask for one, one packet of it with your barbecue sauce and just give it a try on one nugget. It's, I mean, it's like a, I mean, it sounds crazy. I think when you think of all the other traditional dipping sauces, you know, barbecue, sweet Mm. and sour, honey mustard, but really at the end of the day, it's just honey and chicken. And to me, that doesn't sound that crazy. That, that sounds all right. Thank you for the recommendation. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to definitely uh, check that out. And, uh, and you know, and uh, (laughs) I'll let you know on Twitter how, how I like it. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, give me a, give me a food <laughs> review like uh, West Barkley. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number six. I want to know what, what was the movie? Maybe it was a VHS, maybe it was a DVD, but what movie was it? Did you have as a kid that you just watched the shit out of Halloween? The, the, I watched the horror movie. Huh? Yes. Wow. Yep. Yep. Halloween, Halloween. Uh, that's that's my favorite horror sla- horror slash slasher film of all time, man. Like I'm I'm a huge Halloween fan. I I can watch that a hundred times over. I mean, were you were you watching that as a like? I mean, it could go in two different ways, but like I was kind of meaning as a little kid because I feel like a lot of kids have will have a movie that they just mm-hmm. they just watch relentlessly. For me, it was Ghostbusters to the point of. And I know I've seen this with other parents too. Like I watched it so much, my parents hit it. And I've seen other parents do that. Like they're just tired of watching it. Like maybe a kid nowadays or maybe 10 years ago was frozen. But for me, it was, like I said, Ghostbusters. But if we go by kind of when I got older, like when I hit teenage years, it was Tommy Boy. I watched the shit out of Tommy Boy. Love that movie. <laughs> so like was that with, with Halloween, was that when you were when you were older or like when you were really I'm young? Say- Huh? I said, was that when you were older or when you were really young? I want to say with Halloween, when I got a little bit older. Now, first of all, like um, my, you know, young, young childhood years, um, probably like what, four, five years old. Uh, my favorite, like my favorite childhood kid movie was uh, Toy Story. That's a good one. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. And it, it got to a point. Um, I, I love the first one. I love the second one. Uh, I don't think I've seen the third one. I do, I do though. I think I need to uh, check that out. But I know I had the first one on VCR. I just recently rebought the VHS copy of Toy Story. Man. I was at uh, my local Salvation Army looking through just VHS tapes, see if any stuck out, and that one stuck out to me. It was like one or two bucks. I can't remember. So yeah, I had to. It's not bad. Yeah, I had to. I had to pick that one up because I, as another one, I remember watching it in the movie theater. I remember, I might have got it for like Christmas, Christmas or my birthday, one of the two. Um, I would suggest to watch three. Like three's really good, and there's also a four. A lot of people think four wasn't needed, but 
uh, I think it was three kind of ends one part of the Toy Story trilogy and one kind of like really ends the story good. But there is a little bit more that can be said, like without giving out spoilers and everything for you. I like if you get a chance, I would watch three and then give it a little bit of time and maybe watch four. Four is, I think, still good, too. Okay. All right. Key and, story, huh? I was going to say in the fourth one, Key and Peel play uh, two stuffed animals and they are hilarious. They're hands down one of my favorite parts of that entire movie. Key and Peel, they're, they're great. I'll never forget they had a, was a, a TV show together. Yeah. The, the Key and Peel show. Freaking love that show. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're great actors and comedians. And I forget whatever one's the director, he's, he's really good too. Both us uh, and uh, Get Out are so good. Us is is I prefer over Get Out, but oh my god, like both are good. Both are so good. Yeah, his his directing skills. I think is it is it is it K Keenan? I hope I said his name right. Uh, I'm can't think of his actual name right now. So I'm gonna just call him K. Uh, he I think he's the one that does the producing. Yeah, and he's yeah he's really good. He because he's he's working on a new a new movie, a horror movie actually that's supposed to be coming out either I I'm believing hopefully this year or maybe next year. But um, he's supposed to be doing a reboot to the Candyman horror horror film. And just looking at the trailer, he, he he's done a great job. So I'm like I, any movie he produces, I'm always intrigued to watch because he he does so good. Yeah, uh, I had to look it up just to get the right info. Uh, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, okay. Yeah, it is Jordan Peele. Um, okay. Yeah, and is he part of? Is he part of Candyman? Because I've seen that too. Like that's, I'm really looking forward to that one. He he is. He's. Um, I think in the trailer, like when it, you know when they showed like the credits and stuff. Mm-hmm. He. Um, oh, he's uh, his name. He, his, yeah, he's he's, a, he's the producer. No, he's a writer. Oh, he's right. Okay, so then I wonder who's producing. He's writing. I wonder who's producing the movie. It's going to be interesting. Like, I like the concept that they went with. Um, um, I definitely love the original Candyman, the the first one that came out. The second one, I was not the biggest fan of. It was like, it was okay, but the first one was definitely better. But with this reboot that that is being done, I like this concept he's going with it. And it's, it's even me, for me, it's even more darker. And so I, I'm just intrigued to see um, see this hopefully in theaters, uh, if, you know, whenever the world gets back to normal, or you know, on was it Prime, the you know, or um, HBO Max. Hopefully, I can see it somewhere. Yeah, it does look like, actually. He does look like he is a producer. I know because the first thing that I looked up, it only gave me mm-hmm. director and writer, and the first name for the writer is. Uh, Jordan Peele, and then when I went to producer, he is one of uh, one of six producers. So I, obviously they would throw his name on there too. Yeah, the I can't remember if I've seen Candyman one or two. I, part of me wants to say I seen two. So I know before this finally comes out, I want to sit down and rewatch or watch one and two before going in because it's it's if I'm correct too, it's it's like a reboot, but it's also still like the same Candyman. Yeah, like basically, like you know, all the information that had came out about the movie when it was reported it was happening is the guy that played Candyman 
he's coming back to pl- he's coming back to play that character. So they're keeping the same guy, which I love. Yeah, even though they're just, they're just adding newer faces mm-hmm. to to this movie. So that's gonna be interesting. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a, definitely a good movie. Definitely, uh, how, I can't wait. How I do can't you f- wait? And I, I was, huh? I was gonna say, how do you feel about the Saw franchise? I like the first. I think I like the first two Saws. Um, I I kind of fell off. I think after how many are they? Aren't they like four? No, they're. I think they ended with seven. And okay, so there's okay, so there's seven. Yeah. Um, I like the first two. Um, the third one, the third one was not that bad. Uh, I, I like the song franchise was very interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> it made me like, man, like, uh, it, it, it makes you, it makes you, it makes you think, like, man, what if, like, any situations, how do you, how do you get out of this? Yeah. <laughs> so it's there, it's definitely a think, like, it makes you think, like, and put put yourself in, like, like, okay, how would you get out of this situation? Because you're kind of you're, you're, you're stuck. So like you got to kind of use your brain to try to outsmart the guy that's playing the game. Yeah. So it, it's, it's an intriguing series for sure. I will say that. Cause that's, that's another movie that in a sense they're trying to re- reboot it, but it's like, it's going to be take place in the same universe. They're just not going to have all the same people come back. It's going to be almost like, I think it's supposed to be like a copycat killer. Maybe doing some of the oh. same, doing the same stuff. And this one, uh, call it's called spiral. And if I'm correct, it was written and potentially directed. And I know he stars in it. Uh, Chris rock. Hmm, interesting. Did they, did they say when is it supposed to be coming out? It was supposed or, to come out know. last year, <laughs> but it's, it's, oh, it'll, it'll eventually come out. Yeah. yeah. If, if movie theaters aren't open back up by then, most likely I can see them putting, um, that on HBO max or, or, um, or Prime, that you know, I think it was the Amazon Prime, the app yeah. that has movies on there and stuff now. No, uh, Prime Videos had it had it on there for a, had movies on there for a long time, but they're getting like for example, like they're getting the Coming to America sequel, and I think I th- I'm actually go ahead. I was gonna say I'm actually looking forward to that because like even though like okay, the thing with this is like the, the original one was great. The original one, the, the original one is untouchable. Oh, it's- fantastic but but i will say with this new one the, the main thing i'm focusing on is is the is the comedy because i i know the comedy is going to be the comedy is going to hit so i'm just i'm i'm interested to just see like don't don't they, they shouldn't really worry about acting to try to live up to the to the you know expectations of the first one they just go in there hopefully they're just going to go in there and have fun and just you know bring that comedy gold that, you know, these comedians are all known for. And, uh, so I think, I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm, um, I'm pretty stoked. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to the whole, the whole little storyline that they're, they're having. So in this movie, so I- I'm pretty stoked. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm hyped. All right. I think, uh, had a, had a fun, long conversation here. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Um, again, thank you for um, having me on. Um, I appreciate it. I had a blast for sure, man. Um, look forward to, uh, you know, doing, doing more of these. And, uh, I, I want to thank, I want to thank um, everybody that's been in, been in my corner on this journey. Um, you know, from, you know, you know, the fans to, uh, you know, to ev- all everyone and 
AIW. I um I'm again I'm grateful for um I'm grateful for them and you know appreciate them a lot and I you know <laughs> I have nothing but love and respect for those uh for the company and everyone in the company and uh yeah man uh I would I wouldn't be I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them um I think I think the promoter John Thorne for giving me the opportunity giving me the chance to live out my dream <clears throat> I also I think I think uh J- I think Jake um for being a mentor to me in my journey of being a referee. Um, I've learned a lot from him and I'm forever grateful to him. He's my, um, he's my big brother. I also thank Dominic Greeny for, uh, tr- you know, training me in my time when I was training to be a wrestler. And I also thank him for, uh, also being a big brother to me. So I, I just, I send out just my, I send out my gratitude to, to everyone, to everyone. And I just, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I, where I am if it wasn't for, um, for those guys. And I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for the support of um, the fans, man. Like, thank you for all, just all believing in me and, uh, looking for, I'm looking forward when, you know, things get back to normal, looking forward to continuing to, uh, do what I do best, man. And that's, you know, count the one, two, three. You want to throw out all your, uh, social media handles? Oh yeah. Uh, you can, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at X Franklin 22. Uh, you can also follow me on, uh, on, uh, in, on Instagram, um, at, at, at Xavier Franklin, um, at Xavier underscore, uh, Frank, I'm sorry. And then, uh, my Facebook as well, Xavier Franklin. So yeah. Oh. And of course you can find myself at J Summers three, three zero on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email. If you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said before, earlier in this episode, please rate review and subscribe. your ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or podbean wrestling cheers.podbean.com. And All of those are in the show notes with a link tree link. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mics, Dark Match Podcast, AM Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thirst Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventure, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hayo Toy Show, which is this Saturday featuring the EVP of the Thrill Zone brand on the FWF and the most professional professional wrestler, Brian Myers. You can also catch food from other friend of the show, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, and of course, Time Capsule Toys, also friend of the show there at Toy Hayo. I'll be there this weekend. It's going to be a fun show and 
hope to see you there. Back to the plug list. We have Stay Tough, Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. Before we go, I want to give congratulations to AIW alumni, Ray Rowe and Crazy Mary Dobson. Dobson, also known as Sarah Logan in the WWE, and Ray Rowe, known as Eric of the Viking Raiders. Big, big, huge congratulations on the birth of their son, Raymond Cash Rowe. Before we go to, I would like to wish our condolences here at Wrestling Cheers a sad melancholy rest in peace to former local independent wrestling fan, Ron Graham, who passed away over the weekend. He attended many AIW shows and other wrestling shows in the area before having to move out of the area, but he unfortunately passed away this week. Thoughts and prayers are with him and his family right now. So rest in peace, Graham. But that will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're a young ref. Later. Later. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Sometimes you want to go where everyone